Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In today's episode, we're going to be continuing on with our subject of narcissists, and we're going to take a little deeper look into some of that information today. And um, before we do that, I just wanted to remind everybody, you know, that a lot of this stuff is my opinion. A lot of this stuff is biblical. And I've gotten some of this stuff from different books that I've read um, about narcissism from different places. Um, I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a psychotherapist, but what I am is a student of the Bible, and I like to do a lot of reading on these particular subjects. And it just so happens I know people who are narcissists. I know of other people who know narcissists. So... Having that, having said that, I um, wanted you to keep this in mind that um, everybody out there has some type of a narcissistic trait, okay? Um, everybody, for example, like narcissists are selfish, but everybody can be a little selfish, okay? Everybody can be a jerk, if you will, at times, um, and I've said this in the, the previous episode, Um there's always times in our lives whenever we have these narcissistic narcissistic traits. Okay. Um, our ego can always get the best of us. Um, the difference is a narcissist is stuck in that cycle. They never, they never really come out of it. So it's not just a trait they have every once in a while and make an error. It's something that they are doing every single day. And, one of the things I ran across here, um, the Mayo Clinic has on their site, um, it says there are certain signs associated with these narcissist personalities. And, for example, one of them is an exaggerated sense of self-importance. Okay, they think they're just it. Okay, we've talked about that. A sense of entitlement. Okay, that's one of them. Feelings of superiority. You know, they just think they are it. They, they're the whole world, basically. Exaggerated achievements. Okay. Preoccupation with fantasies about success. They have ideas of superiority over others. And they also think that they're too good for certain people. Um, monopolization of conversations. So they're the ones that sets the tone. You know, they do the... you. Whatever they want to talk about, you can't change the subject. Okay. Um, we've got unquestioned compliance. They believe that they deserve unquestioned compliance. So whatever they say goes. Uh, there's no question about anything, anything like that. You cannot question it. Um, they take advantage of others to get what they want. Okay. They have no recognition of the needs of others. They have lots of envy towards people, but they also have the belief that they are being envied by other people, that everybody wants to be them. Um, they have, they're very boastful, and they're always wanting the best available. Now, according to their list right there in this American Psychiatric Association Manual of Mental Disorders, it says that a person will display five or more of those previously listed characteristics that I just read, if they have five or more of those, then they can be diagnosed 
um, by professional, okay, as a narcissist. So obviously that's a pretty big list there and there's lots of stuff on it, but I know you've seen it before. I know I have, I've seen people do those same things. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous the way they act. And if they have five of those, five of those particular things there, um, a professional psychiatrist can say that they're a narcissist. So I think we both already know that they're a narcissist if they're displaying these attributes here. Now, in this particular episode, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to narrow it down to three different types of narcissists based on the stuff that I've been reading and that I have discovered. And basically what we're going to do is try to narrow it down to these different tactics and traits that these different narcissists have. For example, we'll go over the first one here. The first one um, would be considered a grandiose narcissist. And so this is a grandiose, you know, is a grand type deal, like a grand entrance, if you will. So the grandiose narcissist basically has a very high need for admiration. Okay. You have to pay attention to them. They're it. Look at me. So they need, they need lots of admiration, recognition, and celebration. This individual narcissist here um, basically lives in a fantasy world, okay, where he or she is the ruler of it. They're the supreme ruler of this fantasy world. In their mind, okay, and this is just their mind, in their mind, they're more gifted than anyone else. And everybody else is basically, you know, they're blessed to be in this person's presence. They should be, you know, they should acknowledge how good and wonderful this person is. The grandiose narcissist, okay, they have specific and unrelenting demands. For example, they want you to give them their or your undivided attention, okay? They also want immediate attention. Um, that's the kind of person, what they do is they get... They get offended if you don't want to stop what you're doing and tend to them and their concerns and their whims. The grandiose narcissist also has a tendency to overestimate their actual importance and ability. So, you know, they've, they've overestimated themselves. They have a false sense of self-esteem in doing so. So they also buy into their own false illusions of their own greatness, even though it's obviously not true, but in their mind, they think it is, okay? So basically, on many different levels, they're basically delusional, and I, and I know you know somebody like this. I mean, they think they are it. Everything revolves, the world literally revolves around them, and in, in actuality, they're basically nothing. I mean, it's like, seriously, you, you think the world's revolving around you? It's not. Trust me, it's not. For an example of this, on if they were a student, for example, a grandiose narcissist would have themselves convinced that they are a brilliant student, even though their grades uh, say otherwise. You know, you could look at their grades and say, nah, you, you're running in D's here, D's and C's. I don't think I don't know why you think you're such a good student, but in their minds, they are the best student. 
some of these grandiose narcissists, what they can do also, or what they will do, is they'll disrupt any social setting to get attention. And so the room, anybody in the room can focus on them. So they can make a lot of disruptions, you know, so everybody has to turn, stop what they're doing, and give this narcissist their full attention. So this type of narcissist, the grandiose, they love positions of power and prestige because the more power, prestige, you know, the more people look at them, the more people pay attention to them. You know, if you're in power, people have to stop what they're saying and listen to what you're saying because you're, you're powerful and that's what they want to be. Now, if you want to compare this type of narcissist with, let's say, a popular Bible character that was a narcissist, probably a grandiose narcissist, um, we could talk about King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, he was a basically a grandiose narcissist in the fact of um, he lived with an inflated self-view. He thought he was just it. He demanded um, attention be upon him at all times from everybody. Okay, and he worshipped himself rather than God. He thought, you know, he, he was the man. Now, we can read about that, a little bit about that here in Daniel 4, in chapter 28. And it says, all this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power for and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, um, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and, thou, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen. So, right there you go. I mean, he was a, he was a narcissist. Um, he could not recognize that God had given him this stuff, so he said he did it all, and God punished him for it. Okay? So right there, you can see that God doesn't have a very high tolerance for narcissists who think everything revolves around them. Now, in this particular story about Nebuchadnezzar, this demonstrates here, obviously, that if this narcissist continues to live, um, they're, going, they're going to be brought down from their high pedestal in their mind down to reality, that they are not sovereign and that um, there is a power above them. And in this particular case, the power of God humbled Nebuchadnezzar. In his particular case, he was, he was brought from his grand display of pride and arrogance to basically crawling around in the grass like an animal. So he was, he was brought down. So I believe that narcissists will eventually have to answer for their actions. I believe that a narcissist like that is going to have to um, pay an exorbitant price for the pain and suffering that they've caused people. Now, they may not have to do it in this life, but they will do it in the next. Um, I think all you've got to do is usually leave them alone to their own devices which is the way I always put it, is give them enough rope and let them hang themselves with it. And that's usually exactly what they do. So I think that just about every narcissist is going to eventually have their own Nebuchadnezzar experience where basically if we don't humble ourselves before God 
God has designed systems that will humble us. So you will be humbled eventually. Now, as far as this grandiose narcissist goes, um, some of the other things that they seem to really love, they love money. Um, and they use money to reinforce their delusion that they're best, if, you know, if they're the best of the best, if they have money, or they'll use somebody else's money. The grandiose narcissist also um, seems to judge success um, of themselves and others based on different material possessions. So the more you have and the richer you are, you know, the more important you are. Of course, the Bible also has something to say about this. Over here in Luke twelve fifteen, it says, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. So right there you go. You, you know, the Bible itself tells you right there that your life is, doesn't revolve around material things. However, to a narcissist, you know, they're going to think that they need more, bigger and better. And their childish mind basically says, hey, I'm big. I'm, I'm better because mine's bigger, newer or more expensive. So, you know, so they got to keep buying that stuff to put on a fake show. And to me, in my part, in my opinion, that's a pretty sad existence to live right there. Okay, so this brings us to our second type of narcissist that we're going to talk about, and it's called the covert narcissist or the undercover narcissist. This would be a narcissist who you would not necessarily suspect of being a narcissist. So they don't have this grandiose, like the first one, the grandiose, look at me, everything is me, 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 um, you know, everything that goes along with that, you know, the, the social media, look at me, I mean, it's just ridiculous. But the covert, however, or the undercover narcissist here is a, just a little bit different than that. I mean, they don't go out necessarily like that. They actually appear to be nice and helpful. Um, they may even appear as being shy and very withdrawn. Um, however, they use this as a trap. So what they do is they appear to these different people that they want to help others, but beneath the surface, um, in the back of their minds, they do feel superior. They're just very undercover about it. So they're not aggressive like the grandiose, okay, narcissist, um, but they do know how to manipulate your feelings and your emotions kind of just beneath the surface. So the uh, covert narcissist, they, they claim like everybody is beating up on them, okay? They're extremely sensitive. So some of the different signs of a covert narcissist um, was in an article here in psychology today and they they call it a closet narcissist or an undercover narcissist or a covert narcissist and basically they demonstrate quiet smugness okay self-absorption lack of empathy of course passive aggressiveness hypersensitivity they always believe that everybody misunderstands them, okay, and they struggle to create healthy relationships. 
Now, if you wanted to try to compare this to a Bible um, verse, we could come over here to Matthew 7.15 where it says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. So these covert narcissists are dangerous, but again, they're doing this all undercover. They have, in, they have basically put on an act and pretending you know, that they're very docile and meek, you know, and they're not, they're not out to get you when reality is they are out to get you. They're just not going to be open about it. So the covert narcissist is very stealthy and, you know, they are camped out in your life doing things to you possibly. And you're, you're, you're getting experiencing the impact of what they've done to you. However, you don't really know it's them that's doing it. They're doing it behind the scenes to make you miserable or whatever their goal is here, but you just don't know that they're the ones doing it. So a covert narcissist is very difficult to recognize in some instances. A good simple example of the covert narcissist is like um, the fairy tale of Little Red Riding Hood with the Big Bad Wolf. Okay, the Big Bad Wolf disguised himself as Red Riding Hood's grandmother. So, you know, he wanted, you know, he wanted Little Red Riding Hood to come over there closer to him. You know, he pretended that he was the grandma and he was going to help her and all this stuff. In actuality, he had already eaten the grandma and had full intentions of eating Little Red Riding Hood. So he was covertly pretending to be and act something that he wasn't and was waiting and you know waiting to attack the person when the person let their guard down because they thought you know this is just an innocent grandma here you know so i can i can you know i'm safe here with this one in actuality um she was not safe so in this particular instance um understanding that these particular people these narcissists are covert you should pay more attention when you're talking to these different people um, especially if you're going to go and looking out to get into a relationship with somebody, you need to do, you need to do your due diligence in these new relationships. You need to ask lots of questions. Okay. And you need to listen at, you know, what the answers are and you need to observe, you know, the motivation behind some of these actions and, you know, pay attention to the answers to your questions and try to learn as much about the person as you can. Look at their facial expressions along with the words they're saying. And so you can learn, you know, you can learn a lot about a person by just paying attention and asking questions and trying to find out if the person's genuine or just acting because these guys are going to act a certain way. Um, you know, and, and if you just glance at these people, you may believe them. But, you know, like I've always said is you can tell a tree like this says, you know, you can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears. So you can have somebody tell you anything, but you need to step back and take a good hard look at their life and what they do and what they're doing. You know who who they're talking to, you know, go take a look at their social media when they tell you they're doing one thing, but you can see on social media who their friends are and what their friends are doing and what they talk about and what they post, you know, you it becomes obvious really quick what kind of a person you're dealing with. Now, if this 
if this particular covert narcissist has figured this out, you know, they will have masked themselves on social media as well. So you may get on there and look at it and it just looks like, you know, a bed of roses. Um, however, you know, you, you just got to keep paying attention to figure it out. One of the things the covert narcissist likes to use um, is secrecy. So obviously they have a secret strategy. They love keeping secrets and everything basically is a secret in order to hide the truth. So a covert narcissist is dangerous, um, but they are disguised as a victim lots of times. So, you know, they're going to go, for example, on social media and talk about how they are the ones that have been victimized to get people to feel sorry for them. They know how to draw people in and play and prey on people. And, uh, you know, the covert narcissist is very good at playing mind games. Um, they know how to make others feel bad, which is going to, you know, really mess with your mind when they're telling you one thing, they're doing something else, they're playing you as a fool, and you think they're a victim, and actually they're the ones that are the instigators. They like to create confusion in people's lives, but the people don't know where the confusion is coming from. So again, that's what they do covertly. They cause the problem. And I'm sure you you know you can see that in today's today's government type stuff where there's a problem, okay, and then they come in with the solution to the problem that they've created. So really you've got nothing. So these covert narcissists, they are masters at turning the spotlight and turning attention onto everybody else except themselves. So they're the victim. Everybody else is at fault. They can somehow bring it up to where other people are the problem when it's actually them. And they can put up a smoke screen, okay, and you believe it, while simultaneously draining you down, draining your life out just like a vampire, just like we talked about in the other you know what a narcissist does. They feed on you. They constantly consume. So that's what they're going to do is they're going to keep consuming off of you and you don't even know you're being consumed off of, at least not by them. So the bottom line for the covert narcissist is they basically make everyone want to help them. So everybody wants to help them. They feel sorry for them. While at the same time, this narcissist is wanting to use those people who want to help them. So they're looking to use you, and they're going to give you a big pity party, you know, so you're going to feel really sorry for this person. And the whole entire time, they're just using you. They, you know, there's really nothing, nothing wrong with them to begin with. Nobody's, nobody's doing anything to them. It's all just smoke and mirrors. It's all a fake act. So you can imagine. So that brings us to our third third narcissist, and it's called the malignant narcissist. And the malignant narcissist um, is also known as a toxic narcissist. And this particular kind of narcissist just wants to dominate other people. Um, they want to dominate you. They want to control you. Um, they're very aggressive when they do it. Okay. Um, they're frequently violent. They're violent people sometimes. Um, it seems like they 
really, you know, they take great pleasure in making you feel worthless. That's like their goal in life is to make you feel worthless. Um, they emotionally and physically abuse their victims majority of the time. Okay, so some of the characteristics of one of these, um, you know, toxic narcissists are they're very quick to become aggressive and even violent. Okay, very quick. They dehumanize their victims, so they're always belittling you, calling you names, making you feel like crap. Okay, they destroy families and organizations, so they don't have any problem ruining your life getting you away from your family and isolating you. They don't have any problem doing that. And they are generally antisocial. So, you know, that speaks for itself there. They are sadistic. Okay. And they're paranoid. And so these people are basically dangerous people. You know, they, they are people, narcissists that you do not want to be around. So, yes, this toxic, the toxic narcissist is one that if you're having trouble figuring out, you know, who, who you're hanging out with or something, you're going to want to identify this person sooner than later, because these are the kind of people that can cost you your life. These are the kind of people that go into a rage and kill people over some incidental, ridiculous thing that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Now, in the Bible, we have a narcissist that would probably fit that description, and that would be Jezebel. And basically what she did is she was very domineering over her husband, which her husband was King Ahab. Okay, now King, ah King Ahab should have been calling the shots, but he wasn't. His wife Jezebel was. So she was abusive in her language. Okay. She was sadistic in her tactics and everything she done. Um, she had no mercy for anyone, and nothing was off limits when she was angry. So she is the one that got angry and had all the prophets of Jehovah killed. So she gets mad, kill them, kill them all. Just and that's the kind of person that she was. That's the kind of person a you know a toxic narcissist is. Basically, Jezebel would be equivalent to. Um, Hitler, okay? She was equivalent to Adolf Hitler. He was trying to kill the Jews. Jezebel was trying to kill all the prophets of the Lord, which were also Jews. So she's basically um, female equivalent of Adolf Hitler. She was also wanting to um, basically exterminate all of the Jews as well, okay? So that, that ties into how these particular narcissists are, Basically, if one of these malignant narcissists feels intimidated by another person or their talent or their gifts or whatever they've got, um, it becomes this narcissist's mission to destroy that person. They do not want you to have it. They don't want you, if they don't want you to have it, they want you destroyed. Okay. One of the ways that these um, particular narcissists, the toxic narcissist here, they also can terrorize people with their threats. And they can terrorize people with their threats because they can actually, in cases, you know, carry out their threats. Um, so they can actually do very sadistic, ridiculous things to people 
And people are like, well, this person is crazy and they would probably actually do what they're saying. So that gets people, you know, scared of you. And of course, once they're scared of this narcissist, they're willing to bow down and do what they say. They're scared of them. So as far as dealing with one of these malignant narcissists, um, the advice on that is just to separate yourself immediately. Get away safely as fast as you can. There's absolutely nothing you can do with them. Okay. Basically, what you need to do is you need to put distance between you and them. So you just need to get away. Um, you've just got to run away from them because they do not have any limits. And they'll, they'll go at, they'll do anything as far as they can to hurt you. And they also lack judgment. So it's one of those things they may just blow up and decide to beat you up or kill you. Just they don't have any judgment to say, hey, stop. And there's nothing you can do to help them to change. Um, the other ones, maybe, of course, I don't think any of them can change. I think God would have to change any of them. However, when you're dealing with the malignant, toxic version of this narcissist, they're basically dangerous. Like I said, they can kill you. Um, you can't change them. You can't save them. Basically, in that particular instance, what you need to do is save yourself. Because if you don't get away from them, they're the kind that's absolutely going to run you into the ground and probably kill you. Or, or you know, something is bad. Hurt somebody in your family. Something to the effect. I mean, you've got the grandiose, you know, everything has to be about them. But they're not, you know, they're going to suck you dry like a vampire, but they're not going to kill you. You know, they want all the attention and they will try to run you into the ground on social media and make you look like a fool to make themselves look better, but it's not going to kill you. You know, the same with the covert. They're going to, that covert narcissist, they're going to, they're going to get all the sympathy and they're going to lead people to believe that they are the ones that are getting ridiculed, maybe even by you, you know, so they want the sympathy so they can behind the scenes pull the strings and try to make people feel guilty and the whole nine yards, whatever they're trying to do. But it's the malignant narcissist. That's the one that actually is dangerous and could be a killer. So that particular one you need to stay away from. So having said that, that covers the three different types of narcissists that kind of, you know, narrows them down to, of course, there's, there's all different things in between, of course, and different narcissists can do different things. But what it boils down to is, like I said in the first podcast of what is a narcissist, you know, it boils down to a person who is completely self-absorbed in themselves for whatever reason. Everything revolves around them, and it's either going to revolve around them, and if you don't like it, they're going to kill you. Or it's going to revolve around them. And if you don't like it, they're going to ridicule you on social media and everywhere else and try to make you look like a fool. Um, but at the end of the day, they're so self-absorbed. I don't, I don't really believe if they know they're even doing it. I don't know if they know the difference in wrong or right. You know, I was, I was asked a question about that. Well, do you, you know, do I think that a narcissist can be saved? Well, I mean, I think obviously God can deliver them from it and they can be saved if 
they want to be saved. But the ones that I've ran into and the people that I've dealt with that are narcissists, number one is they don't believe that they're a narcissist. That Now, they may call you a narcissist while they're exhibiting everything that a narcissist has, all the traits, but they say that it's you when it's really them. And, and if you were to bring up some of these traits to them, they would just tell you, well, everybody has them. And they won't admit that they always have them. So in that case, how can you get saved when you won't admit you have a problem? You know, it's just, it's just like saving. I mean, you know, the very first thing is you have to admit you're a sinner. Because, you know, if you say, hey, look, I'm not a sinner, how can you get saved if you don't believe you're a sinner? You know, you don't believe you have a problem. You don't believe you're a sinner. You don't, you, there's nothing to get saved from. You know, why would a perfect person who's never sinned need to be saved from sinning? They wouldn't. So obviously, like when you get saved, the first thing you need to do is admit you're a sinner. So I don't believe these narcissists can get help because they'll never admit they're a narcissist. They don't, they'll, they'll never admit they have a problem. Now, if somehow they came to the realization, maybe, or however this happened, you know, maybe they could get saved from it. God could deliver them and maybe God would just randomly deliver them. But I just, it just seems like in most instances that I've read about or talked to people about or experienced anybody that has these traits like a narcissist, they, they never change. It's been this way for years. There's, there's no change. It's just, that's just what they are. So they either don't want to change or they don't, they don't know they're a narcissist, so they can't change. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you could tell me your opinion on that. I mean, if you have an opinion on that, give me a give me an email. Tell me what you think. Email is uh, truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. So give me an email. Tell me what you think. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm way off you know, on some of these things. Of course, like I said, I'm not a professional. I'm a student of the Bible. Um... I'm not a professional anything as far as that goes. So, I mean, you can't take what I'm saying to the bank, okay? But uh, I don't know why you'd want to. Most of the banks around here seems like they're going out of business. But uh, so you can't take what I'm saying to the bank. I'm not a licensed anything as far as that goes, a therapist. But uh, let me know what you think. Um, if you have any other opinions, you can let me know. You can, you know, you can go to our website and post it on there or email um, anyway, that's it for today. So, um, I've got several more episodes I'm going to do on narcissist on some more information. I think you may find it interesting. So thanks for listening and God bless you.